Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful neighborhood. Just quickly popping into your ears. As you may have noticed, we've had a few weeks now without regular episodes. We weren't planning on a break at this time, but have had some sad news in the family and haven't been able to record as usual. In fact, I'm not even recording this on my microphones because I don't have them with me. It's just a voice memo on my phone. So I'm sorry about the quality. We are nothing if not adaptable after the past few years. Thank you so much for your patience during this time. And for those who have seen updates on socials and sent lovely messages, your kind words have been so appreciated. As we often speak about with times of NATA, you can't expect yourself to be as productive and energetic as usual, although I still kind of do expect myself to be this way, but just wasn't up to uh, keeping up with the recordings we had planned. So I've been trying to go a little bit more gently while things are still a bit messy. We're slowly getting back on our feet and we'll have double doses of yay several times in the coming weeks with the guests who would otherwise have been in your ears so you won't miss out on anything. In the meantime, I don't think I've properly acknowledged the launch of another show with recurring CZA guest Khan Ong, a neighborhood favourite. A couple of weeks ago, we started our spicier little sister pod called Feast Pod, which has been just an absolute blast and some of you have already been following along, which has been amazing. I thought I'd pop a little taster of the show in for you while we're on this unexpected break from CZA just to keep you going. I think many of you will have heard the fascinating OnlyFans episode uh, that probably isn't something we would talk about on CZA, but it was a very, very interesting dive into a completely different world, a very different pathier and all the mechanics of how it works, how much you make, all those kinds of things. But you might not have heard one of our subsequent guests an episode with James Parr, and I thought that was a perfect episode for Seize the A. James is an incredible triathlete and model who also happens to be gay, an amputee, and a First Nations man, so it was just the most fabulous chat on identity and self-acceptance. I hope this one leaves you wanting more of the feast pod and that you guys head on over to listen to more of their festivities. The link is in the show notes, and I will be back with more Seize the A as soon as possible. So I am super excited to be introducing our next guest, James Parr, who is a First Nations triathlete and also recently an amputee. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes. Yes, these are facts about me, James Parr. <laughs> Welcome. I was just saying if you had anything else. No, I, I've got a whole list of little things, but then I was just like, it was just notes, you know? Yeah. I got sent notes. I got sent a full James Parr brief. Yeah, but How'd that's also go? because you're very, very active with the notes. And I was like, I feel like I have to be doing some work here. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me even more excited to have you here for main course. So thank you so much for thank joining. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Like, where do we even start? Where do you want to start? Well, I think there's going to be a massive elephant in the room that everyone's going to ask you about. So let's talk about the leg. Yeah, because um, let's go out. Let's just go out on yeah, the limb. hard. Yeah, because well, I've known <laughs> I've known you, 
I've known you for a little bit now, so yeah. that's absolutely fucking hell. Okay, wait, hold no. on, hold on. <laughs> Talking about going out hard. How did you meet? <laughs> no, <but laughs> I feel like you say the wrong story. Fashion week first, then Tinder. Yeah, because last time someone asked a question, he said Tinder, and I was like. I'll just leave a go. <laughs> Not that I it heard, matters. I heard Tinder. Yeah, Wait, there's another story? No, no, no. It was just Fashion Week. Is he week. trying to flex? <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it was Fashion Week first, but I don't think we really... We said hi for two we seconds. Just, literally. So I was like, well, we didn't really meet. Because no. I was just like, you know how like... You know this about me. At events, I'm kind of like... Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, when people talk to me, I'm just kind of like, if you're new, I'm just like, hi. Your <laughs> neck Look. goes like... Your, your chin goes into your neck. You go kind of like... <laughs> He did that. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was your was first like, introduction to Carl. He hates me. <laughs> you kind of have like, not resting bitch face, but like resting intimidating face or something. I, I it's just, just like, like in his own world. Yeah. Now that I've yes. got to know you more, I just know that you're in your world. He and when in you're his out in public, you're sort of just like, I'm here for one job. Yeah, I'm there I'm there to do one thing and I'm like, yep, yeah, hi, how yeah. are you? Okay, cool. Okay, so first fashion week, you were introduced by someone or you just kind of... The funny thing is, I don't think you know this, I was sitting with um, my friend Jack. We talk about Jack a lot is on this podcast. Is it the same Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, we talk about Jack a lot. So Jack and I were sitting... I love Jack. ...front row. Hi, Jack. Sorry, a little flex there. Front row. <laughs> oh, we were like in row A. No, um, I... Because... To be honest, I was there for a job. I, I was working with PayPal at the time and they were the main sponsors of Fashion Week. So I was sitting there. We were watching one of the shows and James walked down and Jack and I went, oh, he's cute. Wait, <laughs> the PayPal one that we just did like literally recently? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I was and like, so you laid eyes on wait, James? did you watch me walk? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Oh wait, didn't you know didn't that. know? No, no, because because we met a couple of days after you walked. That so you on... you went to closing show. Yeah. Yeah. So we met at closing show, but I watched you walk a couple of nights before that because I because right. I went to like four of the shows. Okay. okay. So this story goes way back. <laughs> way further. Let's than bring you... the leg into that because when I walked down that runway, my fucking foot was squeaking. <gasps> oh my Thank gosh! God. Well, the music was so loud. <laughs> Every fucking step. So these are the things no one tells you about the behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay, so you were walking in a show. Yeah. You saw the show. A couple of days later, you then met in person. person. Yeah. And I was just like, hello. And you were just like <laughs> flirting but also being awkward with your chin I, in I your neck. I was definitely neck. not flirting. I was just like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then you just had a quick chat. Yeah, I think, no, you know what it was? I was with my sister and usually when I'm with Amy... The world's very different okay. <laughs> where I'm like, Amy, 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 okay. Amy, 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 yeah. Amy. Like, hello, hello, hello. Okay, goodbye, Amy. <laughs> and then obviously you needed another platform. So then Tinder. I think how long after Fashion Week was Tinder? Oh, uh, maybe a month. Oh, yeah. Do you know what's really funny? James, do you want to talk about our fucking first date? Oh my God. <laughs> have, you, have you heard this? I have not. This is fresh. He kept this from me. In anticipation of recording my yeah, first reaction, I thought, okay. look, you know what? I I, I wanted you it's on a as, good one. I, I wanted you on as a guest because you've had like to face so much adversity in your life and you've gone through so much at such a young age. But at the same time, I was like, Sarah, this is going to be funny because like because you guys dated. <laughs> well, we did have went on a couple dates. Yes. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> let, tell me everything. Yes. Oh yeah. What do we do? So I came down to Melbourne. Khan yeah. cooked me lunch. Did you come just for the date? No, I came, we were going to the Kardashians premiere 
I came, Tommy Hilfiger dressed me, so I came to get the outfit for the Tuesday. Okay. So I, at that time, I was living in Cobram, two and a half hours away. So I had planned to come up for the day, get the outfit, go home, then come back. Okay. Just because I had a lot going on at home. This is the week of the Grand Prix, by the way. Okay. True. <gasps> yes, yes. There's a, everything's connecting for you now. Why I didn't go to the finale, the last day of the Grand Prix. <laughs> It's all making sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Continue. So we did that. Mm -hmm. I went. Then we went out for dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went to your restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We went to my restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Did we? (laughs) I was like, shit, did we? It made me so confused. Was that with the other dude? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) Then we we went and got ice cream. It was a long day. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I'm like multi stage. It was like a whole day. Cute. Anyway. I went to drop him off. My car broke down <laughs> two blocks away from his house. Oh, my God. Now, I fucking hate cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know anything. Okay. So, we were on the side of the road. By, I, by yourselves. Yep. Didn't have an ROCV. Okay, but like, it wasn't like a rural country town like Cobram. We were on South Bank Boulevard. Okay, but yeah. still stranded, basically. Just at the but front of this was, random pizza place. You can just walk across the road to my house. True. Yeah. yeah. Okay, That's but you faced adversity together. Yeah. <laughs> and then what, you abandoned your car there? Well, I signed up for ROCV. They towed it. I went and stayed at Khan's the day after. Well, because his car was like... Well, you need to explain what happened to the car, though, because like, right now it's just broken down. Well, they just towed it Okay. to the Jeep shop. It was a Saturday night. Okay, so then you couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go anywhere. Until couldn't do at anything. least Monday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, a weekend of fun. Khan then drove me home to get clothes and then we came back. To Cobram? Yes. yes. Because I felt really bad that he couldn't get anywhere. I and remember do you telling me I've got this long drive, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" No, okay, I, it all makes sense for me. What had happened was I had a choice on Sunday. I could either go to the Grand Prix or take James back to Cobham <laughs> because he didn't have a car <laughs> and had no clothes. And we were like doing like this premiere. I think like two days later, Tuesday or something. I yeah, don't know. it was like sometime soon. So we were like, okay, fuck it, let's go on an adventure. So we went to Cobram. Oh my god, cute! And I, you know, I love a road trip. And I, I know love you it. Love like, a road and I love trip. going into the country. Like, that's and my vibe. Like olive oil in Cobram, right? That's not made there. That's not made there. Wait, what? Yes. Okay, yeah. I thought that was Cobram's claim to fame. No, it's, it's it's actually not that far away from it though. I don't know where it's made. No, it's not in Cobram. <laughs> it, it's just, it, and they used to have farms in Cobram. They actually moved because I've been to their farms. Yeah. I, I was actually talking about this when I was like, oh, if we go on Hunted, I can probably fly into the Cobram farm and they won't be able to find me because I. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. Rich Glen. Rich Glen is like the main where it olive is. oil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So that's how you met. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it goes further than that. We um, wait. There's more. Yeah. It was like okay. We went to Cobram. With did we stay in Cobram for a night? Yeah. We stayed in Cobram for a night. We came back Monday. We came back, and then he basically just stayed with me for like three other nights <laughs> because like the whole week because his car <laughs> was not fixed and it just Still. was not getting fixed. It was Easter. Oh my so god. So they couldn't so- get to it after Easter. Oh my god. So you guys basically it was just like meant to be this like week of whirlwind romance. Yeah. So that's literally what we did. Oh we my were just god. like I did it went not zero. It went from zero to hundred where it's like our first date, then we're going to this Kardashian premiere. But because we had to go to Cobram and you had nowhere else to go, we stayed together for like five nights. Oh my god, that <laughs> yeah. is intense. 
That's like a full-on introduction to a person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. We, we got through a lot because I was like... I had to listen to Penguin music. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell- <laughs> Every time I keep forgetting about it. Oh, you know, like when you're like this, seeing oh. someone and you want to do like weird shit. So I go, No, I don't know that. <laughs> no, I always so want to. So I get go- in the car after <laughs> we've towed the car. Yeah. Get into his car. <laughs> yeah. And he got me fucking good. And we're going through Macca's drive thru. I just randomly bless it. Oh, just so you know, when I go to sleep, I listen to Penguin Sounds. <laughs> You just volunteer that information. I don't actually do that. So I was oh my like, god, he's so fucking random. No, I, I'm like, how weird can I be? And does it scare you? So I was like, every night before I go to bed, I watch penguins make sounds. Oh my god, what do you even say to that? <laughs> exactly. Emperor or fairy? That's what I That's said. What he said. Well, you just took that in your stride. Well, I wanted to know. And what was it? Emperor or fairy? You oh, said it was emperor. neither. Because no, he said emperor. And I was like, as if, but he kept me going. And then to even add more detail, he was like, especially when the little baby ones run off from the pack and they get lost. And I, I was like, what? I just, I just drew on all the information I had about you penguins. You crazy. You are an actual psychopath. Yeah. Oh, well, that's actually an amazing story, though. That's an amazing how you first met story. We also did end up watching penguin videos that night. Was that to compare? Oh, I, I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely watched them and you were like, oh, penguins make really weird, weird sounds. Was yeah, it- I didn't know that they make the sounds that they do. Yeah. Have you ever heard them? Yeah, I have. Oh. Oh. When he's <laughs> because I do watch them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. enough about how yeah, yeah. any of yeah. that. Yeah. So tell it. So let's start with the leg. Tell us the backstory. Oh, yeah. And sorry, just just so you know, he tells like three different stories, and like the first time he told me, I was like. What? And oh, did I'm I tell you not the real one? So you, you can you stitch me up with the story of yeah. Do your own yeah, fairy choose, penguin. Choose, choose your favorite story to tell. Yeah, pick your own adventure. Nah, because now you know it's fucking made up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have some good ones. The last two ones that I've recently used were the surgeon <laughs> accidentally. Uh, I was the wrong patient. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 and the surgeon had a mental breakdown. They're the last two I've used. I was pretty happy with those. Oh it my worked. God, they're great. Yeah. And then what do people even do? They just stare at you like, well, what the do I say? One. That one they haven't questioned too much Fair. on. Someone actually, someone was like, shit, did you go to court? I was like, yeah, it cost me an arm and a leg. <laughs> Got half price. Oh <laughs> my God, no. <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> then... So I've done bungee jumping that the cord like ripped my foot Oh my, my God, off. that's horrid. Horrid. Abseiling. Okay. That my foot got caught. I, I have to fabricate it every time. So I'm like, it doesn't make sense. I don't sen- even think that happens in, like, I don't think that's possible. It doesn't either. make sense. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't it's make like sense. It's like a 72 hours Okay, but you know, situation. I would be like, wow. Yeah, like, like, I foot, believe everything. My foot got caught in the rock and then I got tangled up in the rope. And then when they come down there, like get me down, they had to chop it off. Oh my God. And that none of that is real. Okay, so what actually It would rock happened? you for a bit, wouldn't it? It would actually rock me. Um, <laughs> got the puns. Yeah, I need to stop. Um, you really had me at the edge of a cliff there. Like that's ooh, just really it's a bit okay. of a cliffhanger. That so what good. actually happened? I had cancer. Oh, my God, James. Yeah, you really put your foot in the I literally, <laughs> I literally did. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I literally did. Oh, my God. That was Someone also a joke. me off. Shut up. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I'm like, don't no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm like, oh my God. Go 
guys, I need therapy after this, yeah, this conversation. Oh, my God, um, I'm so sorry. No, but why? I'm sorry that you had cancer. No, Wait, yeah. if that's the real story. No. Now I don't know what I feel. No, it is. It is. Okay. So I that's, had, hor- that's really awful. I had osteosarcoma in my ankle. So that's like a rare bone cancer that when your bone is forming and developing, the cells get modelled up and then just turn cancerous. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that was three years ago now. So in adulthood it came on? I'm 25, so I was about 21, 22. So I reckon I might have just had one more growth spurt. Okay. But it also did take a year to get diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how did – I mean, like, I don't feel like many people – hear about cancer of the foot or cancer of the leg as often yeah, as you do. Or other, the bone. Oh, yeah, or the, the bone. Yeah. yeah. But even in that region of your body, like so random. how do you identify it if it's so, not true? Yeah. Just pain. So wow. I was working at a special school at the time. We were playing cricket with a plastic cricket bat and it just brushed the side of my ankle like so softly that I fell over. And do you know when you hit your funny bone like really hard and mm. it sort of paralyzes your leg? Well it's sort of like Gave me that sort of feeling, but probably a bit more like nervy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was really weird. They must have just like hit the wrong spot. So it took me a minute to get up. Then around that same time, I was doing a lot of CrossFit and I was doing like local competitions and every day I was like throwing 100 kilos over my head. So I was yeah. very active. Mad flex, man. Then <laughs> chuck it in there. Yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah, cute, cute, cute. Love it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was very active, but every time I would train, it would the pain would increase. So eventually I went to the doctor. She told me I had a calcified ligament and there was nothing that I could do about it. Then I think like two, three more months would have went by and the pain just like kept like it was increasing and like the duration would last longer. Initially it was like every now and then, but then the duration was like I couldn't sleep or I'd wake up in the middle of the mm. night. I also had a lot of night sweat. So I would wake up in the middle of the night just like in a pool of sweat and I wasn't wow. hot or cold. I was just like, yeah. So then I went and saw someone else and he said that I had an osteoosteroid, which was a benign tumour. Mm-hmm. Mm. They did do testing, but the testing came back benign because later on we realised they pulled from the wrong spot. So mm. 10 months on a waiting list to have that osteoosteroid removed. And in that 10 months, again, the pain just kept increasing. Every four to six hours, I'd, I'd have to take like two Panadol, two ibuprofen just to get through the next four to six hours. Because once that pain hit, it would take an hour for it to go. Mm. And, you know, I'd wake up during the night and it would take two hours to get back to sleep because the pain was just like, I can't Consuming. even describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, eventually after 10 months, my nan was like on my back and she was like, let's just go get it done privately. Mm. So, yeah, coughed up five grand Mm -hmm. to go and have this thing removed. And the surgeon was like, you know, it's an instant relief. You'll walk out of the hospital fine. Like you won't feel a thing. Yeah. He's like, so what they would do to treat that is they'd just put like this needle in the middle of it and heat it to 90 degrees and leave it in there for a couple of minutes and done. Yeah. So... I left the hospital in a lot of pain. I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. And then I went home and was still in a lot of pain. Like I actually flew to Sydney straight after the surgery. So I was like limping all around Sydney. I was in that much fucking pain. And then I think, yeah, it would have been about a week later, the nurse rang to be like, oh, 
how's it going? I was like, no, I'm in so much pain. And she was like, oh, that shouldn't be right. So we'll get the surgeon. So the surgeon called me like two hours later. I was like, hey, I didn't want to call you or let you know anything. But basically, the second we got the image up, I knew it was cancer. So I pulled some more samples to make sure. And I've just got the samples back. Oh, my god! I'm like, it is cancer. <gasps> and then he was just like, so you, you're going to have to come back in next week and see an oncologist and like do all this shit. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Um, yeah. What was running through your head at that moment? I don't even know. Yeah. Because just like you have like your life going like full steam ahead and then mm. you have like that one phone call that just like pauses it and you're like, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. And it was school holidays at the time as I was working at a school and I was like, fuck, can I even go back to work? Like what am I supposed to be doing right now? Mm-hmm. And like I just felt like it wasn't real. So I couldn't even tell anyone. Yep. Like, you can't to, even process what's like, actually happening. Yeah. To wow. even like call my nan or my auntie or like whoever or my friend and be like hey i have cancer like mm. was so bizarre because i didn't believe i had it yeah and and re- i reckon if you told people it would make it more real as well so it's just 100 kind of like, yeah yeah and then my mum has also died from cancer so like deep oh. down <laughs> subconsciously i was like fuck yeah like what's going like yeah, yeah maybe this is the end wow like i just yeah and i think if I talked about it more, they would bring that up and I just didn't want to have those discussions. And I didn't know all the information myself, so I couldn't give any information apart from Mm. the Google search that I did. Which is always just a bad idea. I never Google search anything health related ever. But it's, um, (laughs) so my father went through liver cancer and I remember when we got the diagnosis, I spent like two days just Googling, like looking for anything. And it's just like, you don't really get anything. You don't, you need to know some more information before you find some shit off yeah. Google too. And everyone's different. Yeah, it's mm. case by case as well. Like, it's like everyone's yeah. experience is different, but obviously you've gone through it. You've had experience with it through your mom. So that's even more. Yeah, it hit it hit harder because I just thought, well, what? You've seen what What happen. is my outcome? Yeah. yeah. And when you would Google it, it would come up amputation. But then when I had those initial you know, appointments and those sorts of things to review it. Amputation was never put on the cards. Right. Yeah. They just said, we'll give you chemo. So I had three months chemo. Then they reviewed it and they're like, all we'll need to do is a bone graft. Then you'll have more chemo. So I had chemo the whole year. So three months of chemo, they reviewed it. It ended up growing around the whole ankle joint. Oh, my god! Which made sense because when I was getting chemo, I was in like the pain that I had was like times a hundred a couple of times. Like I remember I was at home and, you know, like after I'd have chemo, I'd be so sick Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't want anyone around. You just want your own space, your own time. And so I remember I was in that much pain. I I think I cried (laughs) for two hours because I couldn't stand the pain, but nothing was doing it and if i moved my arm it would hurt wow if like i moved my head it would hurt i couldn't do anything yeah so and then it would eventually go i was at the hospital one time and they had like given me morphine fentanyl like all these meta like strong pain meds and and nothing was killing killing the pain yeah so something i think is extraordinary about you in the short time i've even been able to speak to you is that you've obviously reach this point where you're comfortable enough to even talk about this time in your life yeah. but also to 
to not joke about it, but to laugh and embrace that part of your identity now, yeah. which I'm sure was definitely not overnight, definitely not instant and definitely not without challenge. But something you immediately represent is the ability to turn like that deep adversity into something that now you're comfortable talking about. You mm. walked on a runway mm. as an amputee. Like that yeah. is a huge jump from the worst news of your life to this is now part of my identity and I mm. am comfortable to talk and, about and it. such a young age as well. Such like, what, a young So when you got age. diagnosed when you were, what, 22? 21, yeah. 21? Yeah. yeah. And I imagine yeah. for like someone who is especially active, like, you know, it's, it would be difficult for anybody, but being a really active young man at the time, like that amputation is almost the worst possible thing that could ever be. Absolutely, yeah. Like cancer is one thing, but then it's going to lead to amputation is just yeah. like, Mm. How did you go from that news to now? I mean, it wasn't even that long ago. And yeah. You're, so, yeah. Yeah. you're so well adjusted. It's like alarming. Yeah. Look, I think my childhood really set me up for that. Mm -hmm. My mum died when I was eight. I ran away from my dad at 12 with a backpack. So all, <laughs> all those sorts of things, I think, enabled me to be really resilient yeah. and sort of learn how to be resilient. And, you know, when you get given those events in life how to deal with it and what to take away from it so mm. i think the probably like the hardest thing that i had going from you know able-bodied to then disabled was the connotation the stereotype and the narrative that comes with it yeah like there's such a sad narrative or it's attached to being sad yeah and attached to like negativity being actually like disabled yeah which mm. what is disabled and I didn't align with being sad. I didn't align with any of that. All those people that had that view then made me feel sad because then I had to sit there and reflect mm -hmm. and think, fuck, like I'm so fine. Yep. Why are these people telling me I should be sad or that is sad or I can't do this and I can't do that when really I can. Mm. Yeah. So I think it took me a little bit to sort of pull back the word disabled and unpack it to myself take back the power of that word and think, fuck, let's rewrite the narrative. Mm. If I can give representation or if I have some sort of voice or elevation for this, let's change it. I used to work at a special school before it happened and there were children with all sorts of physical or intellectual disabilities. Coming from that, seeing how they were affected, mm. not having it sort of close by, if you get what I mean, sort of it didn't really affect me. Mm. It affected the kids I worked with and you could see how it, it would affect them. Then having it myself yeah, and thinking, fuck, like this is what those kids have to go through mm. yeah. and they're just children. Yeah. I love that if for you, even the way you phrase it around unpacking the word disabled, I think that's something that needs to be done more because it is a word that just has these connotations. Like yeah. it's got this meaning and you ascribe sadness and you ascribe like challenge and and resilience which of course is mm. part of it but i like that you're out in society now representing this mm. new way of seeing it that you're like i can still be on a runway like i can yeah. still do all these things and that's other people and especially children can't do that same like they can't model that same behavior unless they have role models who are doing that yeah. in public and i yeah. think that's amazing that you've turned yeah, your experience into that yeah and I think even someone to challenge it because it's all internalized. Yeah. Like mm. 
I'm the first one to put my hand up and say I'm still ableist. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. And not personal, but like you have that that thought that you've been taught. Yeah. Or, you know, the same as even when it comes to racism. Like I'm not saying I'm racist, but you have those instant connotations that you've been taught with it. Yeah. And not all the time. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's sad. I'm like, actually, no, like it's not fucking sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why would I <laughs> why say that? Why am I assuming yeah. that? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Those sorts of things, I think it myself. And so, you know, there was like a year ago I went and I had an ultrasound on something. I was pregnant. No. Nah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. You Me know, too. Baby, it's been a year. He's already had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fatherhood, tell us all about it. <laughs> we'll get to that soon. Yeah. Pregnancy, delivery, yeah. I want to hear it all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I was with her and she was like asking all the questions about invitation, whatever. I don't really care. Like I'm happy to educate people. But then it always gets to the point, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And you're like, It's not fucking sad. And I looked at her. I wasn't mad. I just wanted to challenge it. And I was like, you're just saying that because you think that's what you need to say or that's what you've been taught to say. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to teach you not to say it. So, And I just looked at her and I said, okay, so what's sad? Yeah. Like, tell and me she, what that yeah, means. Yeah, and she, like, looked at me and was like, oh, sorry. I'm like, no, you just said it's sad. So what part of my amputation is sad? Yeah. Like, I get it, but also have a think about what you're saying because you've just reiterated that you think my life is sad yes. because I have one leg. Mm. And at the end of the day, my life is probably better than hers. Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> that's fascinating. Even how when I said I'm sorry that you had to go through cancer yeah. and you're saying, why are you sorry? Yeah. No one's said that to me before. Like no one's made me answer why. Yeah. But, yeah, but that is how you recondition the thoughts. Yeah. It's like by, mm-hmm. by asking a question back, not being like, oh, that's the wrong thing to say, but no. just asking a question back, mm. it kind of provokes a different thought pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so is it your whole leg? Like from where was the amputation? Below the knee. So okay. just below my calf. I still have my calf. And how did you get into modeling from special school teaching? Yeah. So in Cobra, my friend owns a clothing shop. And well, her family does. And yeah, one day she was just like, oh, we're doing some like content for the shop. Do you want to come and join in? Is that Cactus Country? Oh, I love that place. Yeah. <laughs> Cute that we, you know what cactus country we, is. We went to a cactus farm. Wait, not a farm. Like, a country? It's not a fucking <laughs> whole country. It's like. You guys did like a full. Well, I was one in year li- Okay. Yeah. I always say, this is just a massive aside. Sorry to interrupt, but just Go. quickly. Gay time is like different to hetero time. <laughs> to that's straight. Like, that's homophobic. It's like, <laughs> no, it is not. I'm not. <laughs> no negative connotations whatsoever, but like. Different time frame. Like, I feel like you guys did, like, a year's worth of relationshipping well, in, like, think, five days. I think it was more that, like, we were kind of thrown into having to do things. <laughs> so, I was like, we're in Cobram. Let's we do were, the activities. Yeah, we went to... Well, he drove. So, on the way there, I was like, let's just plan something fun. Yeah, cute. Yeah. Like, why... You just... We went to, like... like a cute old married couple. Remember we, Cactus Country, honey? We also went to, like, a, um, <laughs> a stone fruit farm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, well, yeah. It, it was fun. So it was a, wholesome. I was like, these are the things I, the cactus country was kind of cool, except I'm like, okay, we've seen all the cactus now. Yeah, cactus country is like one and done. Okay. Yeah. But you're, it's just cactus promo, everywhere. You're like on all the campaign photos. Oh, no, it's just for a shot. Oh, okay. But so the in real cactus reason country. why I took him there to cactus country is because he fit right in. <laughs> you're a prick. <laughs> Boom. 
<laughs> on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, this is great. Um, that's all the time that we have today. If you want to learn more about James, the feast Park, is over. The feast is um, over. It was a short feast. If you want to learn more about James Parr, don't. <laughs> There is so much more to James Parr, though. I'm literally actually, like, oh. there's like a mind map of questions. I'm like, where do I even Wait, what were we even go? talking about? Cactus Country? Oh, modeling, yeah. Modeling. modeling. So how did you go from yeah. special school teacher to then this journey in the middle yeah. that's like a whole process of diagnosis, diagnosis, amputation, and then... Learning to rewalk. Yeah, and, and going oh, back well. to... Yeah, like yeah. how did you build What do you want up? to talk about first? So you had the had the amputation, and then yep. you you weren't working. Obviously, you couldn't no, work during no. that time. So yeah, let's start from there. What okay. was the immediate relearning to walk? Yeah. So have the amputation. Yeah. Had the amputation done on a Tuesday, five days after they told me. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You had no time. That works fast. No. Yeah. Is that because they're scared it spreads, or well, they don't want me to run away? No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> No, you, yes. <laughs> you know all those TikToks about like how you make a morbid joke to someone and they're like not ready for it and you're just yeah. like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. that's you. I know. And I I'm know. just like, should Babe, I laugh that's or the not best laugh? Part about this fucking it. profile on Tinder is literally like personality 9 out of 10 looks like, a, I, don't, I, I don't remember the numbers, 8 out of 10. Legs, like, 1 out of 2. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the little thing is perks of dating me, Good car parks for the rest of our life. Oh, my God. You have a disabled sticker. <gasps> <gasps> That's actually why I chopped it off. We need <laughs> <laughs> I had five days and then I realized this is going to save me a lot of time in the future. Uh, okay, so we're going to go to yeah. the movies together just so I can, like, walk, <laughs> walk to the door quickly. Sarah. <laughs> you started it. See, this is my problem. I'm like, you make me too you comfortable. Can t- you can take one of my legs with you and just like slip it in Oh, my hands. God, stop it. I have a spare one. Actually, it's like a girl's one. Do you, you know what? That's the, when we fucking dropped your car off, you're like, I should take the leg out of the car. <laughs> no, because he, because $18,000 leg. It's so expensive. 18000 Yeah. It's so expensive. I have like, so this one on me right now. Is it the blade? Nah, yeah, the blade's 18. Mm. This would be that 12. you can run with? Yeah. This is 12, the blade's 18. I have a waterproof one, which is probably, I think, 11. Oh, my God. And How then often I do have a cycling one? one is six. The waterproof, fucking never. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like when, when do you use it? I know, because like if I go to the beach or like the river. Out the river because you live in Cobram. <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> I know. He's in Melbourne now. But I, but I also feel like I need to throw in. Just jump into the Yarra. Yum. <laughs> That's what I got the leg for. Oh, my God. has a little Stop flipper it. on the end. Stop it. <laughs> it does look really. All right. Okay. So, okay, I days. believed you for a second just then when you said it had a flipper so on the that. end. Wait, you weren't being serious? Oh, my God. Oh, no. It has an f- actual foot. Okay. It looks like a woman's one. I mean, I don't know how that doesn't make sense, but it just is so narrow that I associate it with a woman's foot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So five days of five days to get this whole orientation in your brain. Okay. Yeah. So yep. Had the appointment. I actually woke up. I think I'm a little bit psychic, but I did. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother fucking (laughs) yeah. And it is anyway. So I actually had woken up and. Had a little vision of my surgeon telling me amputation. Before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I the whole day up until the appointment, I was like Googling prosthetics, 
Googling people who had prosthetics and like looking at the way that they walked and then the way that they moved and just wanted to make myself comfortable with it. So we get to the appointment. I was with my nan and when you go up at Peter McCallum, they print you like a slip for your appointment, printed out two slips. I was like, cheeky. I feel like I know why. And so I, I had already processed it. I was okay with it. In, ah. in, in that morning, I was like, right, I've accepted it. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So then we get into the appointment and eventually his, yeah, amputation. It was either that or they removed the whole ankle joint. A rod goes up the middle. So then the bones are like Supported. kebab. <laughs> yeah. So then I would have a stale, like dead ankle. Okay. Then I'd need plastic surgery because the skin was contaminated by the cancer greater risk of it coming back and I would have a limp for the rest of my life and that surgery would take longer to organize okay so once I it's probably going to end up as an amputation so I may as well just chop it off now yeah so amputation it was sort of like because I had already accepted I knew it was going to happen wow. everyone's just like staring at me in this room my nan my poor little nan is like little crying I'm like it's fine oh. <laughs> She was like praying, I think. Oh, bless her <laughs> And I was like, no, no, it's fine. And then they're all like staring at me. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I signed it. And then, yeah, I was like, so when's it going to happen? They're like, oh, next Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, shit. Call our clima schedule. <laughs> Literally. Wow. So, yeah, I had the amputation done on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Going into, into the amputation, I... Just was like the most bizarre feeling because mm. you're like, I'm about to have something that's going to change my whole life, mm. and I don't know how it's going to impact my life or change it. And you could still walk at that stage, right? Like it's hard. Yeah, when you're making it was a decision painful where... as well. Yeah, so okay. it was sort of like get rid of it, but then it was like, fuck. Yeah, do I really? I've had it for 21 years. Yeah, like... yeah. Can I just deal with this pain? Yeah. yeah, and will it go? Or anyway, so. Had that, wake up, you wake up with an epidural, so ultrasound too. <laughs> no, I was going to say <laughs> from sense. the delivery, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah, your poor um, vagina. <laughs> 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 so you wake up with an epidural, you have ketamine, like you're on some shit. In a K-hole. I hated it because I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. Mm. Oh. And the the thought and the feeling knowing that I had an epidural it was like fuck what if I move and I like paralyze like I don't know oh, yes. so it was like constantly freaking me out and the second thing was was like I don't want to shit in a bed <laughs> oh, I love how that's your main concern oh my literally, god what if I shit my pants <laughs> literally so then it got to the Friday argued with them all day they turned everything off yeah. and I never had pain since yeah, I actually oh. thought it would be really painful. I know that sounds crazy and I think about it all the time like, whoa, I had my leg chopped off and it didn't hurt. Because they close off, but they would close off your nerve endings or like... It, well, healing, no, because right? I can feel it all. Okay. but Because you uh, would have just... an open wound at the bottom, right? Like at the stump of your Well, leg? yeah, they, they stitch it up. Yeah. But even that but healing, even, I would have thought yeah. that would hurt. No, nothing, nothing actually hurt. So, so from the moment that it gets amputated, how long until your prosthetic comes? Yeah. And then like how does that pro- how long does that process take? Right. So I went home. I was home for two and a half weeks on crutches, waiting for the wound to heal. Mm-hmm. 
So I stayed in hospital. They sent me home a week after. It was probably another week and a half that I then went back and then they cleared the wound to then be healed, ready for a prosthetic. You go to rehab, then they give you the leg that they have there basically for you to learn Mm. while they order you in a whole leg. Yeah. Mm. So like I was in patient rehab because I lived in Cobram and I was back on chemo. So yeah, I went back onto chemo about a month after. Mm. Did you have like a recurring cancer that wasn't there? Or was it to pre- was it like preventative? Preventative. Okay. Once they chopped it off to then make sure that yeah, your whole yep, body yep. was flushed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Gosh. To make it a bit more safe. So I was back on chemo. I was in the rehab at like St. Vincent's and there was like, it was just like a very depressing place. Mm. And so, yeah, it probably took me about a week. Once I, because I was so unmotivated mm. to actually get up and like do the rehab and I was back in chemo, so I was like sick. And mm. but and then once I felt actually comfortable to sort of lean onto it and put my whole body weight, plus in that time that I was home, I shifted my whole center of gravity to the left side of my body. So then I had to realign that. Mm. And that whole process probably took a week. And then I was in rehab altogether three weeks. And then, yeah, I was fine. Oh, my God. That seems like a really short amount yeah, of time I to know. relearn. Yeah. Like, honestly, in my mind, I thought it was like going to take months. Yeah, like, or a like, year. So did I. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then how long until – because you're also a triathlete. Yeah. So how long <laughs> did it take for you to learn then to run? Because I think that would be totally different, right, than learning how to walk again because, like, running long distance – Running on this is different to running on the blade. Okay. So running on this, this gives me no feedback from the ground, no energy, no nothing. I can run on this, but a long distance. So my very first triathlon was in this. Oh. And I ran on this. So the longer I run on this, the more it feels like a plank of wood, like it's just, okay. you know, oh. came third. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> in case you were wondering... I was definitely wondering, Thought so thank so. you for feeling feeling You're like welcome. that for me. And there's only three people, wasn't there? <laughs> nah, there wasn't. <laughs> but there dude, was that is extraordinary. Like a one month rehab and now a triathlete. Like yeah. what? So the blade, I probably only got about a year ago mm. because the original prosthetist fucked the blade, and so I had we nearly went to court. As in, like. You ordered it, but you didn't get it. So or ordered you it a, and built it. Yeah, and you they built cut it. it too short. Oh, okay. So then I had to. Oh my gosh! Send ask it for a refund. Oh, oh. it's like, like a whole different kind. And it of... was like the person, so it was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because oh. someone like you have a prosthetist that will then build it and fit it to you. Yeah. Okay. But once you cut it. You can't, you can't, you can't re- yeah. yeah. Oh my right. gosh. Yeah. So, so how did you go from like walking again mm-hmm. to like triathlete? Running. Were you a triathlete before? No. Oh no. my gosh. I think in that time. Right. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, James, I'm so confused now because I was like, oh, wait, what? You already no. do triathlon. How did you just get into tri- tri- How? Okay, how do you what? get into a triathlon without being an amputee? Yeah. Let alone yeah. when you've had to relearn to walk. True. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and come third. Like it's not well, just like uh, I finished one yeah. in 5,000th place. It's yeah. like I legit got a place on the podium. What do you mean? Yeah. So 
I don't know. <laughs> just, I just did it. <laughs> nah, I think before the amputation happened, I was I was doing CrossFit like six times a week. Okay, so you're really fit. I was very fit, and I think that was on my on my side, especially with the whole walking again and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I was already thinking about starting triathlons when that happened. So when the amputation happened, Why? I was like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, they're actually pretty easy. Training is harder. Stop it. Are you yeah. fucked? I could yeah. not imagine dealing with that. Like, Well, it's a paratriathlon, so it's half as a, a normal triathlon. So Okay. Okay. So it's way easier. It's still a freaking triathlon, dude. Like, wow. That's still I, I like, really it still finishes in a half marathon. Yeah. I'm really scared of deep water. I am too sometimes. Oh, really? Don't worry. Yeah, like, because I reckon if I'm out there, it's open ocean, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, in the bay. Yeah, that would shit me. Like, I, I would like be like, no. Nah. I would swim in the river and get anxiety and nearly cry. <laughs> I love him in the Wait, river. you cry in the river? <laughs> I could, yes. Cry me your river. I, <laughs> literally. JT's been cancelled. Literally. Oh, yeah, okay, I take it back. Oh, I my was gosh. like, I remember before I came home in the summer, I was like swimming in the river and I went under the bridge. <gasps> and I was so fucking deep. You know that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, um. I got to that point, just this one point, and I was like, I know there's no sharks. Yeah. I'm like, but oh I'm my not God, okay. if something no. attacks me. You don't know there's no sharks. A shark. crocodile, something. There could be sharks because like. And I'll lose another leg. Oh, <laughs> 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 no, you won't. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I would like, yeah. like, what's the, hyperventilate. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, shit. Did you just swim to the side then? No, I was under the bridge. There's no side there. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> the logistics of but this the, bridge. The paratriathlon. You know the bridge, babe. I know the bridge. But I'm pretty sure when we were there, it was quite shallow because it was summer. Don't yeah, probably. No, no. No, it was very deep. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's the Murray. It's the Murray. Okay, well, Fe- when I was Fe- swimming and it was very deep. <laughs> okay, because I was like, the Murray during February, March is at the end of summer, which means that the, the snow caps have already melted, which means that it's going to be quite This low. was like spring. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, glad we've sorted that out, guys. Because when we were there, I was like, there's no water here. <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, you've obviously taken it in your stride. Ooh. Thanks. Thanks. Mm. I was just mm. waiting to drop that one in. And gone on to do things that you weren't even doing before the amputation and running, swimming, riding. Modeling. Modeling. Yeah. Like it obviously hasn't held you back in any way. No. So how did the modeling come about then? Yeah. So Cactus Country. Yeah. My friend has the family owns the clothing shop. They're doing some promos for that. Went to Cactus Country. We did this just sort of like little video. Like. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It sort of circulated online. And then about a month later, I had a creative agent that was doing a, a photo shoot and directing campaign slid into my DMs and was just like, hey, do you want to come and model for us? And that was my first paid one. Wow. And I was like, sure, okay, I'll do it. So I did it. And then that was like on the Iconic and oh my gosh. it sort of went. Second job ever. Wait, was this for Champion yeah. or was it, is this no, a different job? This one was for Jam the label. Okay. And then it was like on the Iconic and all this sort of stuff. Then that circulated and then I modeled for some, I can't even remember, but. I did like little ones here mm. and there. And then, yeah, I had an agency reach out and wow. I said no because I was like, this is not a thing. Yeah. Like, this is not like know, what I do. Yeah. yeah. I, was just, I was just doing it for fun. Then they reached out again 
Wow. With a job. You got scouted. Yeah. So they reached out to me again. They're like, we have a job for you. So I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. So I signed with them, did the job. And then, yeah, it just kept, it was fast evolving. And then next minute I was on a runway. Oh my God. (laughs) So did you ever go back to teaching or did you go straight to modeling? No, no, I did both. So I worked down in Cobham full time. Yeah. And then I would balance the two. Wow. Yeah. So I would like, there were times that I would finish work at three o'clock, come to Melbourne. Do a job and drive home. And drive home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did that quite and quite a few times. So how long has the modeling career been? Like from now backwards, how long have you been doing it? Two years. Oh my gosh, that's quite recent. So it's still like it was during COVID. Wow. So it was still, yeah, and it's still like evolving. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you do, the more you get your name out there and those sorts of things, the more people find you. Yeah. And I think my mission with that is representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bring that back to myself because like I said to you guys before, when I went from able-bodied to disabled, I had just that struggle and that in owning the word mm-hmm. I'm disabled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that I was like per se bar- embarrassed about. And I still sometimes can be like, you know, and yeah. So I thought, well, why not use this as an opportunity to show others that it's not sad and to provide representation for the whole disabled community and also just anyone, because realistically we can become disabled at any point. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. I I guess I'm perfect person to say that. Mm. (laughs) And I think if that was to ever happen to anyone, they shouldn't have a hard time with it. They should be able to just take it yeah. and be like, right, this is it. Not feel judged or embarrassment or shame because then they are disabled. Yeah. And if this can be my little bit to sort of show that and teach that and help someone else through that, mm. then I'm done. Yeah. I love I've done my that job. so yeah. much. The big kind of theme underlying this main course was identity and how like it can change so much either voluntarily or abruptly and involuntarily but I I like how you have let it not consume your identity but be part of it in a way that you're like I'm going to control how this becomes part of who I am exactly because it's not who I am yeah but it is a part of me yeah Yeah. and it's very visual especially when I wear shorts so yeah it's the first thing yeah and I and I also sometimes even get like offended when I'm like oh this is James this is an amputee I'm like oh. yeah that's not like, all I am sure but <laughs> like, I'm pretty fucking cool too and I'm yeah. funny <laughs> <laughs> oh, you okay. didn't want to say that that's the other thing I wanted to ask on this identity piece is I feel like in areas like this sometimes you'll get either discrimination or curiosity or whatever it is from able-bodied people but that sometimes then you you even get the same from other disabled people because you're able passing does Mm. that ever happen like because you can hide your disability or because it's less extreme on the spectrum do you get kind of put in a weird box by other people because they're like you're not really struggling the same way we are or you can hide it with pants or whatever yes i think as well the important thing to take away from that situation Mm. or or what you just said is that Everyone has struggles in their life. Yeah. And I think we can all acknowledge that whether it's physical, yeah. like my disability, or, or not. We all have different struggles. So I think that's the first thing for other people to acknowledge, uh, especially the disabled community. Mm-hmm. So I think that they do know that. But there have been times when people 
or other people would say, oh, you wouldn't know. You just, you know, yeah, you're, you're fine. Ju- you're just, I'm yeah. So, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not disabled enough. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. what is that? Yeah, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. That's why I was interested. It's only it? happened like maybe twice. Okay. And I've just sort of brushed it off because I'm like, that's you. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. But also like, they could just be having a bad day and just really reflecting upon their disability or, yeah. you know, because there are days, even for me, like sometimes I might, you know, the last three months, I think I when I got back from Sydney, I had a pressure sore the whole time. And basically my prosthetic, all the rubbing sore, my prosthetic was like rubbing on this one part and I ignored it. So because I, re- I ignored it, I then suffered longer because... I have had constantly for three months issues with my prosthetic and I haven't been able to walk properly or do the things that I want to do, mm. training, mm. anything. And I've only been wearing it up until the last like month, only been wearing it and doing the things that I literally had to do in it. Yeah. And it would hurt. Yeah. So there, like there's that aspect where, you know, in that time I would be like, fuck. Yeah. This I sucks. could have that same challenge. I could have yeah. the same thoughts. But yeah, I don't think it would be fair to say – anyone's situation is worse than others yeah because i i think there's so much more encapsulated into that Mm. that's why i find it interesting when anyone who's got a unique experience if they get trolled or anything if it's from Mm. people in that niche group it always seems almost more abrupt because it's like mm. you kind of get what I'm going like how yeah, could you say you, that yeah, yeah. you know and I'm not that I speak from experience but, yeah. in that area but it's just sometimes you it, see it and you're it like it does make sense and sometimes you do think about it and you're yeah. like do, do they think that yeah you know what I mean yeah. and, it, and like I don't know so I probably am more conscious of it because I sometimes have those thoughts myself too like yeah yeah. I wonder if they think, oh, just have a prosthetic, like, who fucking cares? Yeah, like, like you're fine kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Which I am, but, like, I yeah. don't know. I don't think anyone's situation's worse than anyone else. Life's what you make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Life is what you Thank make it. Thank you, Hannah Montana. It's kind of incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Like, your story's so amazing. There's a lot for people to learn from it as well. That Like, you've got this amazing outlook. You're just kind of like, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was driving here, I was like, fuck. It just feels like a whole other life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I even look at photos or pictures of me when I was going through the treatment. I had no hair and I was so bloated all the time. And Or even photos of me when I had two legs. Mm. I think I look fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you one later. I look weird with two legs. Do you ever have phantom feelings? Yeah. Yes and no. Phantom, very rarely. But you sometimes do? Yeah, might be like a sharpshooter. Up the heel, like as I'm walking, basically with a phantom pain, your brain doesn't recognize that that body part is missing. So we send a pain signal to get a response. Ah. Yeah. So you might feel your ankle even though it's not there. Yeah. Like I can, I'm moving my big toe right now. Oh my God. That's so cool. That's not existent. So So your neural pathway is kind of still there. Yeah. Mm. And every now and then when it's something I don't do every day or I go to trip or something, I use my foot that's not there. Yeah. Like I just That's so cool. I can feel it when I do it, but it makes no sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. the f- The first couple of days after surgery, do you know when you have that feeling you just want to stretch your toes out? 
Yeah. Yes. That's all I had for like four days. But then I realized that obviously it's just my brain. So I would distract myself mm. and then it would forget about it and done. Wow. Yeah. I was reading that your background is your First Nations. Yeah. Yes. Which is another area. Like I can't even believe it took us a whole episode to get here. There's just so much about you that's fascinating. That's another area of being First Nations, being white passing, how is that? It's such an identity piece. Like you have so many facets of identity where many people only have one or two. You've kind of got so many layers wrapped yeah. around each other. How has your First Nations background added to your whole identity piece? Yeah. I and think do you get that whole white passing thing from people? Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, oh, you're white. Yeah, you're not. Okay, First I am. Nations. I, cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like what are you saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> You can add milk, but it's still coffee, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good way to explain it. Yeah, no, but true. Because, like, my dad is darker toned. Yeah. My Mm. mum's Irish. I have my mum's skin. Yeah. Yeah. And so it comes from my dad's side. I left my dad at 12, so I didn't really have too much knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. I've just sort of learned over time and something that I really wanted to, to learn about. And reconnecting with mob and and my people, like you find your place. Mm. The white part, like sometimes I am in situations and I think, fuck, do other people look at me and think, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. You know, I, I it probably doesn't happen. It's probably just me thinking that. Yeah. But there are like people white shaming me all the time. Yeah. Yes, I'm white, but. I'm also like, a First Nations person. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's still in my blood, still my family, it's still my culture. I still identify as it. What's your point? Mm. Like, you know, in saying that, I do get it. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's yeah. not that I don't understand it. Yeah. I would probably think the same. Yeah. If I was younger yeah. or didn't have any knowledge to it. Yeah. I would probably think the same. But then it gets to the point where I'm like, why do I have to keep explaining myself? And but oh, my mum's Irish. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like what? you need a t-shirt that just explains it. Like, <laughs> my like, mum is Irish. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and then and just that's it. Like yeah. I like, don't want to explain this over and over again. People trying to whitewash us. This is what happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's why I find it so interesting. One of my really good friends, Rachel Sarr, is an Indigenous artist, and she's quite white passing as well. And yes. she offered, but she's very connected to mob and. And has been on country a lot, and I mean, yeah. she's an indigenous, her art is so it's beautiful. I've be- seen it, yeah, yeah. beautiful. But yeah. she gets that all the time. That, yeah, like even from within mob, sometimes she gets like, like you're too white, like you're not indigenous enough to mm. represent us, like you yeah. Know? And it's a complex. I think that's the best part about it, though, to show that yes, we don't represent one element, mm. but we represent the other element, mm-hmm. and. The element that is, is that, you know, we were whitewashed and there were stolen generations. Mm. And this is now what's happened, even though that would happen, you know, throughout bloodlines anywhere. Mm. But Mm. I I think that's just like another good element to be like, well, you know, I'm very white, Mm. but I'm also still First Nations. Mm. And Mm. that's to represent those people that fit in that same box, because sometimes it can be hard Mm -hmm. and it can be, you know, I know where I go to places and I think, fuck, do they look at me and be like, what is, what's this dude doing you here? You can't kind of be thing. here. Yeah. Like, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. There's so much in identity. and mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think over the last like maybe 10 years is when I've really wanted to like connect and learn more and learn more about my family and, mm. and mob and be with mob and yeah. 
Amazing. You have such a good head on your shoulders about yeah. it though. Like you seem so willing to explore those different parts of you but without having like a breakdown about it every single time. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of breakdowns about my identity all the time. You seem just very <laughs> balanced. Amazing. Fair. <laughs> all right. So dessert, let's go let's through go. some quick fire questions. This one I'm only reading out because there's an emoji involved and I was like, funny. <laughs> What's something you wish you could tell the person you were the day they told you about the leg emoji? Wait, what? <laughs> she meant, what's something you wish you could tell the person you were the day they told you about oh. your leg? But she just put the emoji of the leg. Shit. Yeah. That's such a deep question. I know. That's what I was like. I did say go deep. Like, fuck. <laughs> but I love they dropped an emoji in there just to like soften it. Like, let's just soften it. So the this. day that I found out. Yeah. Whoa. Probably just it's going to be okay. And I know that sounds so, yeah. so silly, but it comes down to the fear of the unknown. I also say something just as basic as it's going to be okay because before I lost my leg, I felt like, you know, I had come out, I had lost weight because I was unhappy and I found new confidence. Mm. All these things happened. And then when I got told that was happening, I was like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. I felt like something was missing. Mm. And yeah. I feel like that that was it. Yep. And I know that sounds bizarre. I just feel like I fell right into my place and this is where I'm supposed to be. So probably just that. So we've gone from something deep to something super not deep. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually another level to the next question, but I'm going to start light first. Um, Do you sleep with the leg on? No. Next question is. I feel like you could have answered that question. (laughs) No, because it leads up to this other question. It's like, oh. Is it sex? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, did someone ask that? Yeah. I'm not telling you. (laughs) Was it you? (laughs) It was me. (laughs) Was it? No, it wasn't me. But I actually want to know, like, as in, what was the, as in, do you take it off? What do I do during sex? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) depends whether you want to fuck standing up or not. (laughs) Like, long story (laughs) short. No, but like, what do you use your feet for in sex? Have a little think. Well, it depends what kind of sex you're having. Well, (laughs) we've had Um, an OnlyFans conversation on this show. Look, so you know, nothing is ruled out. My knees there. My knees there. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're fine. You're fine. fine. With or without. With or without. Absolutely fine. If you want to fuck, stand up. Just give me a second. I'll chuck her back on. (laughs) Oh wait, so you usually start without it on. Well, it depends on what. So, like, if we're, it depends on what you were doing when you started. Yeah. If, if we're going for like a walk down an alleyway, she's on. <laughs> I mean, we're not. I know, I'm joking. No, yeah. like, if we're already in the bed, there's no point for me to either you have already, it on or off. Yeah, it's just whatever like, you were already doing. Yeah. If we move from the couch to the bedroom, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we. And yeah. <laughs> you and I. Yeah. That's how I'm. Yeah. After I kept saying me, I'm like, shit, yeah. are we doing this? No. I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> don't tell your husband. No. I know. He's like, he's fine. He's fine. He knows. I have one leg, he's don't worry. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's got a leg up on me. Um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah, look, if we like go from the couch, like I'm not yeah, going to take yeah, it yeah. off on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, if you're going to If we to get sleep, to the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. This is from me. Is there any support, like government, anything like that, from when you kind of first found out? Like, is there any, like, fund? Yeah. NDIS. 
So I have national that's the national disability, disability oh, insurance. I was like, I'm really, really like jet lagged right now. I have <laughs> no idea what you just said. <laughs> You're just, yep. Yep, that thing. So NDIS basically what they do is they meet with you, mm. you talk about your needs, what you need, and then you have like a process and an OT and all those sorts of assessments to put forward what your needs are. Mm. Then they come back and then they give you those funds based on deemed what's necessary mm. for you so example running blade they mm. weren't going to fund because yep. you had to keep going for assessments and really prove like that you're why i need enough. one yeah. well not even that just because the whole thing is what's reasonable and necessary and yeah. you have to prove why that's reasonable and necessary to you and how that's going to make you independent throughout in your life mm. you know so and it's eighteen thousand dollars so yeah. mm. that was a lot of going back and forth but they also i did a little dodgy don't send this to ndis <laughs> but they accidentally issued the first plan that they gave me was wrong then they had to reissue that another plan so when they reissued the other plan i still had 90 days to use the original funds <laughs> From that first plan. They know now. I just didn't do the appropriate. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Question. So you did a Q&A the other day of your frequently asked questions, right? Yeah. Do people ask you about the sex thing? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about that. All right. So that was that was a, a rant uh. <laughs> that I went on from Grinder because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you're on Grinder. <laughs> It was an old <laughs> and I recycled it because I wanted to have the conversation because sometimes people will just slide into my DMs or on Tinder or something anywhere mm. and just be like, how do you have sex? It's not appropriate. Yeah, just like no, hello, in nice this situation, to meet you. Mm. Yeah, in this yeah, situation, yeah. sure, because I've opened up yeah. yep, to that. Like imagine me just messaging you yeah. like, hey, Sarah, how do you have sex? Yeah, yeah like, literally no introduction. It's, no, it's, we don't know each other. Like, yeah, it's Yeah, rude. it's not appropriate. And you're mm. also intruding on some someone's life and someone's personal life yep. to gain something from it, whether it's a laugh, mm. which it would definitely a laugh. Mm. I know the toxicity of Grindr. Yeah. I'm not taking away that. But there's also, I'm a person. Yeah. You don't just message me and be like, how do you have sex? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's devaluing. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're, you're also having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And you, you think it's funny. Mm. Like, it's not. But you also assume that you, like, have time to just sit and answer. Like, yeah. even if it is curiosity, like, it's like, could you ask me, like, how I am? Mm. Like, I get curiosity. Don't. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't. I would be curious too. But it's just not an appropriate question. Mm. If you were, like, a sexual partner to someone who has a disability and there's something that you need to know for you to have a better experience. Yeah. That's an appropriate question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, the person will actually already tell you. Mm-hmm. That's where it's appropriate, not just the first message. Yeah, That's totally. That's where I get like not not funny. I feel like if there's a genuine reason, they'll probably preface the message with, hi, Absol- James, like I've, I'm in this position. I'm just, cu-, you know, like it wouldn't 100%. just be like, I would help. I'd be yeah. like, you still need to talk to them because there's a conversation I can have with you. Their needs would yeah. be different to mine if there yeah. are any needs. Yeah. Maybe they're like fucking with it on. Like, yeah. What's the biggest thing that has surprised you about it, about the whole experience, but that pre 
amputation you didn't expect? Oh, about like having one leg? Yeah, that surprised you or that was like that you would have been curious about, like that would have been one of the questions you would have asked other than the sex thing because that definitely would have been your question. Oh, absolutely. I can tell. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think the rehabilitation, Yeah. that, because that was the – first thing that i was so worried about Mm. and even returning to work i was like shit you know i I went back to work three months after after i finished all treatment after i finished all treatment and i was fine full time that they were like my all all my worries because basically for a whole year i had my life put on pause Mm. and there was nothing i could do about it so i think it was how will I be independent afterwards? Mm. And can I be independent afterwards? Because there's like that whole notion that you can't be. And even when I got told and I told other people, people tell me I can't do this and I can't do that. I was like, well, I'm going to show you and I'll do it 10 times better. And I'll just win a triathlon. It's amazing. Third. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in talking about like visibility and showing people that they can do things they never, that other people would assume they can't. I mean, you've, You've done that above and beyond and mm-hmm. continue to do so and it's so inspiring. So where can we find you, James? Other than oh. Grinder And Tinder. <laughs> My Instagram. What is it? Underscore James. <laughs> like, I'm asking you to be, I'm trying to get you to like plug yourself and, and you're like, just like um. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> My Instagram is underscore James Parr and my management is Bella Management. And my manager's Jason, so if you um, have any business inquiries, hit Jason up. Is that across all platforms, that username? So TikTok as well? Oh, TikTok is James Parr with three R's. So okay. just James Parr. <laughs> Parr. They're the only two. Yeah, only two I have. TikTok, go watch my viral video. You've seen that, Ooh, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen that. it. <gasps> I'm going to go watch it right now. It's good. I'm so excited. And for those of you at home, please follow us at FeastPod. Give us a rating on all the platforms that you listen to us from. Personally, I really love Spotify to jump on there. This episode has been super, super eye-opening for us. Let us know what you think. Thank you so much, James, for Thank joining you, James. us today. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, and that's the end of fucking entree, mains and dessert. Hopefully you're full and we'll feed you again next time. Yee!